Welcome to the Heartstream Musings podcast, a podcast to help you on your journey of self-love. I'm your host, Lisa Mae Francisco, a self-love coach and inner child guide. In the podcast, we'll dive deep on how to heal your inner child wounds, break your relationship patterns, and liberate your truth so you can claim the relationships in life that you deserve. Thanks so much for listening. I'm super excited that you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Heartstream Musings podcast. I am in my hotel room at Thessaloniki. It's early in the morning. Figured I would just record a little short podcast episode for you. So I'm here because I am about to go on a tantric yoga teacher training program experience immersion. And today is going to be the first day. I'm going to meet up with some other badass women We're going to go travel to the location and then we'll begin our 24-day journey. And so I figured I'd just pop in here because it might be a minute before I record one, but I wanted to make this super quick because I just wanted to talk about the concept or the topic of just moving through fear and what to do when that happens. And it's interesting because before going on this trip, I was very focused on wanting to be present, wanting to create space, being very intentional about using this opportunity to immerse myself and be present with whatever is about to come up. Because a lot of people told me, oh, it's going to be life-changing. It's going to be (laughs) life-changing. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I wanted to be present for any reflections that come up from you know, my spiritual makeup. And it's been really interesting because I started to get anxiety. And at first I thought, okay, maybe it's because I have so much stuff to do before I leave. I have to pack, you know, for a month. I might stay longer in Europe. Who knows? I have nowhere. I don't have no idea what my itinerary is going to be after I do the yoga training probably need to bring some autumn clothes because it gets cold and parts of your, just all this stuff. And then I needed to, and then I was ramping down my business because I didn't want to work on my business as much as when I'm doing this yoga training. And so I thought that was the reason why I was anxious. And then it just wouldn't go away. I just felt like I couldn't do deep breathing I couldn't fully breathe in my body. And so one of the tools that I really love love doing is journaling. I am a very introspective person. And so for me, after the journaling session, I was able to realize, oh, it's because I'm embarking on a new cusp in my life. And so right now, I feel like I'm in that liminal state of ending a chapter and starting a new one, but not knowing what that new one is going to look like and being completely open. And so that is the most important time when you're about to embark on change is when you have the quiet space to reflect. You have, and it relates back to this podcast I did recently with my dear friend Erica Lim. She's a death doula right? And so it's how do you create ritual around the endings of your life and the beginning of your life and in moments because we are 
you know, cyclical creatures. Our lives are seasonal. There's a lot of deaths and rebirths. And how do you honor the different you that shows up? How do you welcome it into your life? And what is that inheritance? What is that thing? What are the things that you want to take away and bring into this new life that you're calling in? And how do you move past the fear? And how that kind of happens a lot in transitions. And so that's what I'm going to talk about is just moving past the fear, how to honor yourself, honor different parts of yourself when these things happen. And I wrote about this in my newsletter of how anytime there's been a big change in my life, I find that there are two options that usually happen. The first one is self-sabotage. comes from getting what you want, right? And then all of a sudden you get it. You realize the universe actually <laughs> listened it, delivered, and you're thinking, oh, shit. <laughs> Can I actually handle what's being given to me? Oh, my God, am I worthy of it? And then that's when self-sabotaging ensues. And then the second one is moving past the fear, right? And let's all strive for the second path. But sometimes that's not always the case. And I remember clearly when this happened in my life. And I would, yeah, I want to say 2015, no, 2016. So I was single at the time. I was using that solo YOLO time to date myself, really work on my spirituality, really understand why I got into, why I was in that relationship with my partner who I was living with while I was in New York and just really focusing on building relationships with friends. Sometimes when you're in a relationship, the person that you're with can just be the only person that you surround yourself with all the time. And so other relationships suffer. And how important it is to have autonomy, but then also have quality time for the both of you. And in that relationship, I definitely felt, there were moments where it definitely felt like we were roommates, but then towards, I want to say the end, it became more about, I was more focused on him and losing myself. And that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't get into relationships for a very long time. I was so afraid of codependency because I didn't know what interdependence was. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to even have a healthy relationship and all of that stuff. But I will say this to you. As soon as you get healthy, you yourself as an individual, you will have a healthy relationship because you won't tolerate unhealthy dynamics. You'll understand and that just won't be hot or appealing to you. You'll just be like, this is bullshit. Maybe that's like the old version of you that would have liked it, but the new version's not. We're not doing this. We didn't do all that work to go with like, that type of relationship. (laughs) And so anyways, I just remember being, I I was dating all these people and some people that I definitely questioned of, oh my God, I can't believe they like me. (laughs) Like I just had low self-esteem. I was really insecure and 
I think it's, I have all these feelings in my head right now. I'm just going to spew it out. And I also think a lot of people are surprised when I say I'm insecure because they just have this idea that I'm just so confident. But I think a lot of people just don't talk about their insecurities. So that's why you just assume that you're matching their insides to their outsides. That if they look like they have their shit together, that their insides are together. But no, it's just all a front, right? Fake it till you make it. But I also learned move a muscle, change the thought. So act your way into right thinking. But anyways, yeah, like the guys that I dated before, they were just, I just felt so insecure. And so any guy that had a really good job that would want to, basically I just had low standards. We've all been there. And I was doing this year of not only dating myself, but leveling up, dating other people who are of higher caliber. And I remember my ex came back into my life. And I had this period of, wow, I can continue down on this path of, (laughs) it's like the lightness of my life versus the darkness. I don't know. It's so black and white fucking thinking. And I realized, I don't know why, but the old version of me is more appealing because I know what's going to (laughs) happen. And you hear it all the time, right? About the it's that's why people don't change because the fear of the unknown is greater than the fear of the known (laughs) and so let me just keep on doing the same shit that i'm doing because i know what's gonna happen nothing's gonna require any type of fucking change even though i desire that one thing in my life but i don't want to do the work to do it but i low-key want to but i'm too scared to do it so i'm just gonna like stay small and pretend to be small and like all this stuff And so that's what ended up happening. I ended up like going back to my ex and I was totally self-sabotaging. Then it became like another summer of, oh my God, codependency. Like my codependent summer. (laughs) It was so bad. And I just remember being in that period of, wow, I can actually, I knew deep down in my heart, I knew I shouldn't be going back, but... I just had to test it out again, right? It was like the test that I needed to see if I had outgrown it. And clearly the universe fucking bitch slapped me through that whole experience of, girl, we are getting you out of there. You failed the fucking test. (laughs) You cannot get yourself out of this. So we're going to create all these crazy fucking circumstances to get you out of there. I was like, all right. But that summer definitely taught me a lot. It totally did. And because I had gone to the depths of my soul of that codependency of my ex at the time, he had gotten back into drinking again when he was sober for a while. And I just remember my life just slowly came about, oh, is he drinking? Is he not drinking? All of this stuff. And I was just so focused on him that I forgot about myself. I like wasn't even taking care of myself because it was all about like, trying to get him sober. And when I look back, I'm like, oof, girl, there's more to your life than taking care of someone else. There's more purpose to you than being there for someone else. Be there for yourself, girl. And, you know, I often see this a lot in how people sometimes it's I I talked about it before having that case of the keys where every single time I talked to you it might be oh 
he's doing this, he's doing that. And it's really, we just have to put the focus back on you. And sometimes it's easier said than done, right? It's hard when you're in that situation and you're worrying about someone, you're caring about them. But when I notice that I am caring too much about someone else, then that is when I know that I've taken a step back and I've regressed. And I will say that. And so anyways, back to my point. So what ended up happening was I just found myself in that state of, oh, I can either leave the relationship or continue down this path. And it got to a point where I was like, dude, I couldn't even fucking recognize myself. And that person that had gone to the depths of my soul of, let me try on this old outfit again to see if it fits. It was like, nah, bitch, we are done with that chapter. We are so fucking done. You're not even going to go back there. Don't even look back there. (laughs) And I'm glad that I can laugh about it now because that was one of the darkest periods of my life. And I only share what happened with like really close friends. You get the gist, right? It's all the codependent things you could have done gone wrong. (laughs) And I thought to myself afterwards of why did I go back to that person? And one, like I talked about, it was because it was so familiar. And so I was willing to self-sabotage my new life where I was emerging into this new way of being, of having better relationships, cultivating relationships with different people, with healthy people, friendships, romantic relationships. But it was that thinking, that limiting belief that I could not hold that vision, that I didn't have enough self-trust or capability or aptitude to embody that and that's why consistently writing out your visions spell casting talking about as if in the real time people talk about manifestation practices that's why that's so important because the way that you speak to yourself will actually hold that vision and if anything our thoughts and beliefs always create our reality and so if you can think or act your way into right thinking and think your way into right thinking then you have a shot but there also comes that fear and that comes with the self-awareness I didn't have the self-awareness at that time because I think I was just operating from fight or flight I was just so happy that my ex at the time wanted to get sober again and I just held on to the vision of us having our old life back together rather than the new vision of me being happy without him and having fulfilling life that I chose the old vision and I didn't have that practice of this self-awareness of oh is is this a fear that's coming up that's helping me choose this is my fear directing my decision Or is it hope? Is it excitement? Is it this excitement for this emergent way of being holding that vision for me? And any time that you are just in this phase of a chapter ending, a new chapter beginning, 
definitely take the time to create intentional space to reflect on that inheritance of what you want to keep because and I don't want to say had I done that shoulds or whatever there are honestly there are no failures in life it's just you doing you and you learn from it along the way I was watching this TikTok and I heard Amal Clooney say the only failure in life is just you not trying if you tried and you quote unquote failed that's a fucking win because you tried and so that's how I'm operating and reframing failures in my life. And yeah, there are no failures to me. It's just, oh, mistakes I made and then I learn. And then I teach others. <laughs> that's what happens. And so this period of just back to where I am in the current moment of moving through the fear. So I had a lot of anxiety and it was about just like this emergent way of being afterwards because when people are projecting, oh, your life's going to be so life-changing now afterwards. And oh, what do you want to do? Do you want to become a teacher afterwards? And the whole reason why I'm doing this is actually for my spiritual development. Do I know if I want to be a teacher afterwards? I don't know. Ask me in a month or two. But that's the thing. I'm creating time and space for me to reflect and digest and to integrate and decompose. And I love that it's actually aligned with the autumn season that's coming up. It's a time for us to recalibrate to those slower energies because essentially what we're doing is making way for the winter season where we can truly rest and hibernate before we move into spring. And so I love being able to work with the seasons and cycles of my life and attune it to the actual seasons of the Northern Hemisphere where I live. And that's where this magic comes from. And not only have I been able to see it in different parts of my life, but being able to witness it in others. And one of the things that I really love about my partner is how, or just our relationship, like our relationship, obviously, like I love him, I'm with him. (laughs) Um, But, and I don't talk about our relationship as much. um, But anyways, I'll talk about it now. What I really love about the beginning stages of our relationship was just, especially him, because he led with a lot of bravery. He was the first one to share how he felt about me. Um, So he really led and paved the way for creating this intimacy, right? Of not being afraid to share how you're feeling. And he actually had... He was very emotionally available with his feelings. He didn't have a hard time expressing how he felt at all. And that's what I really loved about him. And so he really showed and led me by example how he felt about me in the very beginning. Was very direct in our relationship and how he wanted to be with me and all of that stuff. And... I remember when things started getting really serious. I was living with him in Denmark at the time. And he just had this moment of, oh, shit. (laughs) He had his freak out moment of, oh, my God. This is, I am so in love with this girl. And it's that moment that we all fucking experience before we fall in love right? People say, oh yeah, I could be in love, but then falling in love is crazy because that's when you're actually admitting that someone can hurt you. And I see this happen to a lot of people, even some clients where 
they are not fully able to let people penetrate their heart or be in the relationship because their ego is running the show and their fear of being rejected or abandoned kicks in and so they will self-sabotage that's how self-sabotaging comes up in relationships so in the earlier example I gave it was self-sabotage from healthy relationships and so I chose one that was toxic going back to my ex because that dynamic was familiar and so sometimes what I'll see is people not fully being in a relationship they'll just bow out or become avoidant because they want to avoid the feelings of rejection or abandonment that might ensue when you become super intimate with someone and the fact that they have the quote-unquote power to hurt you right it's it's very natural to think that when you're in a relationship that there will be a shift in power dynamics and the thing is that's a fear that happens a lot but how do we look at it and reframe it as a way to say wow I'm letting someone actually see my insides. I'm letting someone actually get close to me and see who I am and experience who I am. And it's so interesting because, and I used to scoff at this all the time about intimacy of how I just thought it wasn't cracked up to be what it is. I used to think, won't that be boring? (laughs) being with the same person all the time what about fun what about lightness and when you get into a routine and I just thought that was boring and I would have these conversations with my therapist and that was the biggest thing that I worked with her in our time together was just my fear of intimacy because I felt so hurt from previous relationships and obviously my track record wasn't that great and I had low self-esteem and all of that stuff. And I, I did a lot of fucking inner work on people. You want to know what the magic secret is to attracting a relationship, a healthy relationship? It's just doing spiritual work and getting healthy yourself. That's it. Doesn't matter the clothes you buy, how many pounds you lose, how you look, any degrees you have, how much money in the bank you have. Although, yeah, if you want to have a family, it's, it's nice to have financial stability. <laughs> but honestly, it's just keep doing you, focusing on you, and it'll appear. I swear by that. I honestly swear by that. However long it takes. To me, I'd rather be alone than be with a person just to fill the void of loneliness. But I'm glad I waited. Anyway. And so that's what a lot of people will do. They will focus on other things and for me I just remember god bless his soul he had that moment of oh my god (laughs) this girl could like actually make or break me giving your heart to someone opening up to someone and letting them know your insides and letting them know the vulnerabilities Letting them know your hiding places, letting them know your ugly sides, letting them know your loving sides. And this journey of, I can't even believe I'm going on this like tangent right now, but it's just where it wants to go. But this journey of just being so intimate with someone, I think that is the best experience. And a lot of people are trying to find this right way of, is it going to work? Or I want someone to be like this. And it's just, it takes you away from the present moment, honestly. 
And definitely, I remember when my partner came to me and he was, he expressed that to me of how he was nervous of opening his heart to me and what that meant in our relationship of allowing someone the possibility to hurt you again. And I see this a lot with men that they get heartbroken by one chick, one chick, and they just are completely damaged. And I see that on The Bachelorette too. All these parents talk about, oh, I don't ever want my son to have heartbreak again. It was so bad. And I don't know if he'll return from that. And I feel like I guess women are more resilient because they just have more heartbreaks and men can only take what? Two heartbreaks at a time? <laughs> three, three at max <laughs> before they become jaded and then become hot and cold. But that's what I, one of the many things that I really admire about my partner is just how honest and open he was about that and how he moved through the fear and told me what was happening was very transparent about it. So let that be an example for you that there are men out there who are able to articulate and communicate to you what is going on with them and that you can trust them to move the f- through the fear. That is their job. It's not your job to cajole them or handhold them and say, oh, let's do the work together. Sure, there are moments for that, but ultimately it's up to them because it's their choice in the relationship. You can't baby them to be in a relationship with you or force them to be in a relationship with you. But anyways, so that's one of the ways that I've seen it happen with other people and just being able to move through that. And some of the tools that I like to use whenever I feel fear coming up as I'm embarking on a new chapter because I realize that it's an identity, right? So you have fears and identity coming up. And whatever your core wound fears are, it could be fear of abandonment, rejection, wanting to be seen, not seen, success, failure, intimacy, vulnerability, all of that stuff, write down on a list what is the actual fear that it's coming up and then do a brain dump. Do a brain dump on all of the different thoughts that are coming up, the meanings that you're creating around the story, what, you know, just like all of the fears too of, oh, I'm afraid of not knowing who I am afterwards. I'm afraid of losing myself. I'm afraid of this happening again and all of that. I'm afraid I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of being alone. Just anything. Just go balls to the wall with your fears and just get intimate with it because once you put your fears down on paper and you look at it, you're like, oh, okay. Just all of a sudden immediately loses its power over you. And then... Another tool that's super helpful is being able to turn those thoughts and loving beliefs and fears into affirmations. And I love doing that. I love, so for me, every day what I will do is like I will pick a fear that I've maybe like previously written about and then I will write the opposite of that into an affirmation 10 times in my notebook. I don't know why 10 is like the magic number for me, but I will always do that. And I will think about it and I will rotate on all these different affirmations and I will have a different one every single day. And that's what helps me get juiced up into this emergent way of being, even though I don't even know what that's going to look like that. And that definitely helps appease the fear, combats the fear, 
helps me walk into it. And then obviously have a support group, have different friends you can talk to about it, have a therapist, have a coach, all of that stuff. And so those are the three different ways of support that I do in terms of how to resource myself into walking through the fear. And so I think I'm going to end there. That was like super short, sweet tangent all over the place. I feel like all of those different anecdotes could have been uh, a single episode itself. Um, but short and sweet. I hope you enjoy this episode. I am... I also want to put in a plug-in that I am accepting new clients for a new round of fall coaching. Probably won't begin until November, so in a couple months, but I have three spots for new clients. This is for new clients, and it's an opportunity for you if you've ever wanted to dive into your self-love journey even more through somatic work, EFT tapping, and inner child healing. And so how to get to understand the little you how to create a safe space for you, how to move through those inner child core wounds that you've had so it doesn't show up in your life so that you can be your true, wild, authentic self. That is the type of coaching that I do. I absolutely love it. Who knows? Maybe we'll throw in some tantra yoga, but I'm super excited to welcome fresh energy and... If you've been wanting to work with me for a while, I will share in the show notes. We can get on clarity call, discovery call to see if it's a right fit for both of us and you know what you're looking for and see if it's a right fit. Would love to support you in that. But anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode and I will catch you next time. <laughs>